0: Hello and welcome to Beniah, Mighty Man of God by P.H. Thompson, an audiobook. This is chapter 5. And the king said to Doeg, You turn and kill the priests. So Doeg the Edomite turned and struck the priests, and killed on that day eighty-five men who wore a linen ephod. Also Nob, the city of the priests, he struck with the edge of the sword, both men and women, children and nursing infants, oxen and donkeys and sheep, with the edge of the sword. 1 Samuel 2218 18-19 Beniah never thought he'd be happy to be returning to Kabzeel, but then he didn't usually have a wedding to look forward to. Moriah, his betrothed, was in her home, waiting for him to come whisk her away for a week of celebrations, and then begin their new life together. He couldn't get to his hometown fast enough. Beniah and Mikhail had just finished yet another successful battle against their longtime foe, the Philistines, who lived west of Israel along the coast. The fight had gone so well, their commander had approved their request to return home, to see their families and refresh themselves before the next skirmish. When they were just a few miles from Kabziel, they saw two men approaching over the rise. One was dressed in priestly robes, the other as an Israelite soldier. The priest identified himself as Abiathar ben Ahimelech ben Ahitub, of the town of Nob. The other claimed to be Eleazar ben Zikri, a former guard of Saul. Benaiah had never heard of someone defecting from armed service to the king, and Eleazar was much too young and healthy-looking to have been voluntarily released. Curious as to why a priest would be traveling with a member of the king's guard, and why that guard was no longer in the king's service, Beniah asked, And where might you men be headed? We are running from King Saul, Eliezer explained. In fear of our lives, Abiathar added, his hands trembling. Why? Abiathar looked behind him as if they were being pursued even now. David, the son of Jesse, came to see my father, Ahimelech, the priest. You met David, the son-in-law of the king? Benaiah asked. Oh, that he would have the privilege of some day meeting the famous giant slayer. Abiathar nodded. David told my father that he was on the king's business and that he and his men were hungry. My father had no food except for the holy showbread, which was just being switched out for fresh bread, so it was in effect common. After confirming that the men had kept themselves from women, my father gave David the showbread. Benaiah had never heard of anyone who wasn't a priest eating the holy offering. It was forbidden. Perhaps Abiathar recognized in David the anointing of God? After they ate, David asked if there were any weapons on hand. My father gave him the sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom David killed in the valley of Elah. It was kept in Nob, behind the ephod. That seemed fair, though they would certainly irritate Saul if he heard of it. The king's unreasonable envy of his son's, son-in-law's military success no doubt began when the young man saved Israel from Goliath and the Philistines. That sword represented all of David's victories. A servant of Saul, Doeg the Edomite, who happened to be there that day, overheard the exchange. He must have slipped out and ran to tell the king. Eleazar took over the story from there. I was with Saul in Gibeah when he heard the news. He bellowed to his servants, I'm surrounded by conspirators. That son of Jesse has betrayed me, and no one will inform me. Even though David had done nothing that Saul should consider treacherous, Benaiah put a hand on Eliezer's shoulder to calm him. Clearly there was more to this story than a king's words of wrath, or these two men would not be fleeing from him. What did Saul do next? He summoned all the priests of the Lord who were in the town of Nob, When they were all assembled before the king, he charged the priests with conspiring against him, based on the report he heard from Doeg, that Abiathar the priest had given David bread and a sword, and had inquired of God for him. That was only partially true, Abiathar protested. He did give him bread and the sword, but David did not ask him to inquire of God for him. My father protested as much and didn't understand why Saul was worried about his son-in-law, who was faithful to the king. But the king wouldn't listen, and sentenced my father and our whole family to death, Eleazar added. Then he told us guards to kill them, because their loyalty was with David. What? How could he order such a wicked thing? We knew nothing at all about what he had planned to do, Abiathar added. We just came because we had been summoned by the king. Eleazar closed his eyes and shook his head. We did not wish to strike the priests of the Lord, even though we knew we could be killed if we disobeyed the order. When the king saw our hesitation, he ordered Doeg the Edomite to do it. Doeg killed eighty-five priests that day. Then Saul further ordered the execution of all the inhabitants of the city of Nob, men and women, children and nursing infants, oxen and donkeys and sheep. What an evil man this Edomite was, trying to ingratiate himself to the king, first by reporting on David's actions, then by carrying out this slaughter. Benaiah couldn't imagine such an atrocity. These were fellow Israelites, priests and innocent families, not their enemies. Some of Saul's guards tried to defend us that day, Abiathar said, but Doeg killed them too. How could Saul kill his own people? And why would he do such a terrible thing? I managed to escape with Abiathar. Saul ordered his men to capture us, but when they caught up, they did not harm us. They urged us to escape and said they would tell Saul they couldn't find us. Benaiah knew if David had gone to Kabzeel to ask for help from Jehoiada or Shalem instead of to Ahimelech in Nob, Beniah's father or brother would have given it. Then his family and community would have been massacred including Moriah. He had to get home, marry his beloved, and leave Kabzeel with her immediately. He would try to convince their families to accompany them, but whatever they chose to do, his job was to protect her. Perhaps he should find David and join his group. He would have to live on the run for as long as it took David to secure his rightful place as the next king of Israel, but at least he would have his wife by his side, under his protection." "'My friends,' Benaiah said to Abiathar and Eleazar, "'we are headed to Kabziel. Come with us. "'You will be safe in the home of my father, Jehoiada the priest. "'You must tell this story throughout the land.' "'Thank you,' Eleazar said, "'but our presence would only bring danger to your people. "'We must find refuge with David. "'We will only be safe with God's anointed.' "'I couldn't agree more, "'but I urge you to take the short trip to Kabziel with us.' I plan to marry as soon as possible upon my arrival. After that, we can search for David together. I will go with you as well, Mikhail said. Beniah tilted his head at his friend. Do you think your wife will be favorable to living a nomadic existence? Mikhail raised an eyebrow. I believe she will be as amenable to it as your wife will. Benaya hadn't even considered that Mariah might not come with him. Convincing her parents might be difficult, however. "'Perhaps this was too much to ask of her. "'Trust me, brothers, we will all be safe,' Mikhail said, "'clearly sensing the doubt and fear in the air. "'Benaiah here killed a giant whose spear was as thick as a weaver's beam, "'and he went up against two Moabite aerials and defeated them single-handedly. "'Eliezer's eyes widened. "'That's forty men against one!' "'Mikhail held up a hand to show he wasn't yet done. "'He also killed a lion in a pit.' on a snowy day. Benaya didn't like anyone to boast about his victories with men outside the military, but the spark in Abiathar's eyes assured him that Mikhail's tales had changed the priest's perspective. In that case, I suppose a stop in Kabzil would fit into our plans, he said. Keep listening for chapter six.